Good morning. Good morning. So, um, not for sure. How many of you guys were, were here last week? This is the test. Who was not here last week? Okay. Gives me a good idea. Um, I think, am I okay? Wow, I just sound so, hear my voice. Okay. All right. Um, so last week we shared about knowing God, growing in intimacy, and um, just sharing some of the basic things, and I'm just going to go a little bit deeper today. And how many of you know that God wants to know you? He wants to know, he doesn't want to just know about you, but he wants to know you. A lot of you know about me, right? But there's very few people here who I could say, you really know me. But Jesus wants to invite us into this relationship where we know him. And you know what? The, the, the limit is endless. The depths are limitless. Like you can never say, okay, I got it now. I know it all. I have the answer. I'll write a book. The end. We're always growing. We're always knowing him more. We're always even growing to know ourselves more and more. Isn't that a strange thought? So I'm just going to kind of review, because I know most of you remember every single word I said last week, but, you know, Pastor CJ probably doesn't, so I'll have to kind of, kind of remind him too. Um, in John 17, 3, it says, and this is eternal life that they may, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent, that they know you. A lot of times in scripture, um, Jesus used a lot of comparisons in the word. We see a lot of times marriage is compared to our relationship with the Lord. And it's a great illustration. It's great. And I'm just going to, I don't have it written for the overhead because I'm just going to touch on it. But in Ephesians 5, verses 22, and it goes through like 30, 33, 32, 33. And it's this whole thing. And most of us have been Christians for a number of, of time, or a number of years. And any of us who have, you know, how do we have a healthy marriage? You know, they'll kind of go to these verses. These are great verses. But I want to point some things out to you. It talks about, it compares the husband and wife relationship as Christ and the church. Now, who is the church? It's not the building. <laughs> it's you. You are the church. So, and it, so it even says, it says, as Christ is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so the wives ought to be. And husbands ought to, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So that he may sanctify her, cleansing her by the washing of water with the word. That he might present himself, the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle. And then says, so husbands ought to blank. Verse 29, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as Christ also does the church, 
because we are members of his body. And then for this man, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one. And it says, this mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reverence to the church, to Christ and the church. So it goes through all these things. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. I want you to understand. Now he's not saying that there's no relationship between the husband and wife. He's not saying that those things aren't false, but he's like, but listen, this is an example for Christ and the church. Such a glorious, beautiful picture. Such a great demonstration, demonstration that helps us to see what a relationship with the Lord looks like. In the book, uh, Song of Songs, Song of Psalms, and then Song of Solomon. Like it's the, both the same thing. I've heard it of Song of Solomon, and then you read the new ones. It's like Song of Song. I don't know. Have you guys ever noticed that? I don't know any of you. I'm just like, which is it? I just need the. I need the one right one. Okay, it's the same. So it's all right. Okay. You know, Bible, Bible scholars are saying that actually that's a rep- representation of how Christ is toward his church. Have any of you guys read Song of Solomon? Dude, yeah, it's like, yikes. <laughs> just so just if you want to read it, yikes. But this glorious, beautiful picture of what all that represents. And so we see, we use that and we see that a lot. And then it says, so this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God. Jesus is saying that they know you. And that word know you, I talked about last week is gnosko. And there's lots of words that mean know and know deeply. And this one word, it's the same word that talks about union or intercourse between a man and a woman. And I mentioned this last week. How many of you know that that's a great place for marriage to start, but that's not what marriage is about? You can't have a marriage based on that. Because in that same, that same word, it says, he says, on many that day, on that day, many will say to me, did we not prophesy? Do we not cast out demons in your name? And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. It's the same word. I never knew you. So there's a knowing coming to know the Lord. We do so great at knowing about him. And then I also mention about how our relationship with the Lord is so separate from that of the law. We look at the law and we say, okay, this is what it says to do. And so I've got to measure up. I've got to measure up and be this. And if I, if I have everything, my ducks in order, then I'm good. And we saw the example of the rich young ruler. And he says, Jesus, I did everything that I know. But what, what other good deed can I do to get saved? And Jesus is like, good. Good. And so Jesus mentions, there's one more thing. Go sell your possessions. And he couldn't do it. He walked away and he was sad. I'm shortening this. If you want the full version, listen to last week's. <laughs> Because he asked Jesus according to the law. And so Jesus answered him according to the law. 
And so it says that um, in Romans, it talks about Abraham and his descendants was not, was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promises for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. Why does it say try? Because that's all we can do is try. When we are presented with it, well, we, we can try. We do our best, but there's always going to be that one thing that we're not going to be able to measure up in. There's always going to be that one thing. And then we looked at Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, and he didn't make his money righteously. And he saw Jesus, and he came down. He went to the tree, remember? I know we did some Bible study. You know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Yes, thank you. Yes. Okay, so he climbed up in this tree. And Jesus saw him and he said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus was like so happy. He hurried and he came down and received him joyfully. And of course, people around were like, oh, goodness. Did you see that? Jesus is going to, the, into, to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. Oh, you know, you think pe- you have people talking by, about you behind your back. <laughs> I think Jesus topped, topped y'all, <laughs> topped me. Those people are judging me. Well, (laughs) okay. And Zacchaeus stood and he said to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to, half of my goods, I'm going to give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone, I'm going to restore it four times. And Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. Jesus didn't say, Zacchaeus, that's not good enough. Go sell everything. I want you to do, you know, give him this huge thing. And as Zacchaeus' heart, Zacchaeus is establishing relationship. Not, what's that one last hurdle, one last hoop I can jump through so I can just be fine and free and wonderful and totally pleasing. In Galatians 3, 10, it talks about all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. And no one is justified or made right before God by the law. The righteous shall live by faith. The one who does them or the law shall live by them, by the law. So if you do things by the law, you're going to have to live by the law. But this relationship is based on trust. It's based on faith. Can you imagine Our relationship with our spouse. Honey, I need you to do this. CJ, when you get up tomorrow, I need you to do, I need you to to let the chickens out. I need you to feed my horses. I need you to do the dishes. Can you throw the little laundry in? Can I? Can you? I need this done. I don't know how I'm going to do. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Okay, bye. See ya. And that was my relationship. How many of you would say, oh, you guys have a great relationship. 
Your husband knows you so well, Lisa. Jesus is not a to-do list. He wants to know you so much more. He doesn't just want to know about you. He wants into you. Through a marriage, we've had different experiences and like CJ will come into a meeting and something wonderful will happen and, and um, I'll find out the next day through a friend. Oh, did you hear it happened last night? This and this happened. Really? Didn't you CJ tell you? No, he did not tell me. Has that ever happened to you guys before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it has happened with you, you know. But the thing is, when I would see my husband, I wasn't like, yeah, I know. See, the, the part of the relationship is him telling me. I wanted his heart. I just don't want him to. I don't want to find out about it from someone else or whatever. Like a relationship with the Lord. He, he wants your heart. And I think so many times we keep a relationship up here in our head. Right? And I'm not saying that he doesn't know our thoughts and he doesn't hear us and he doesn't hear our cries. I'm not saying that. But there's something powerful with a spoken word of communication. Like if I was here just thinking, you know, really hope that. CJ can understand how I'm feeling about him just in my thoughts right now. And he might look at me and I might look at him and, and he's like, Ooh, she's looking at me fancy, you know? But the point is, is he wants communication. So many times when we verbalize our relationship with the Lord and we actually hear what's coming out of our brain and we put it into words it makes so much more sense and it becomes so much more real. We, you know, sometimes how we can think things in our head and it seems normal. And then like you say things out and you're like, whoa, that didn't sound right. That sounded kind of funny, you know, because light, once we get it out, light is shed on it and we know exactly where it's coming from or we're confessing things with our mouth. You know, relationship is, you know, Lord, I feel so crummy about this situation. And I really need your wisdom to handle it. But I know you've got it, God. I know you're going to handle this situation. And so we're declaring, we're speaking out, we're speaking trust, we're speaking, we're speaking to something that's real. He's not just out there. He wants to know what's inside of us. He wants us to express it. He already knows about you. Duh. But he wants us still to tell him. It's part of us giving ourselves. If I say, tell my husband, oh, you know, yeah, this, this body is yours. Yeah. And then I'm away from him, like have no contact. He is not going to be okay with that. Right? But as we come together as a husband and wife and we communicate and we talk and we celebrate the good, the bad, and ugly, it bursts relationship. 
Relationships scary. Relationship can be scary. Because we're actually opening a part of, to ourselves to somebody. And when we have issues or trust issues, it's like, no, this is really scary. I don't want you to see me right now. I'm just going to do this on my phone. I'm just going to. And sometimes this becomes a relationship. Because <laughs> it's so easy to focus on this rather than somebody, someone else. Knowing God, knowing him intimately, intimately, letting him see into you. A bunch of the different, uh, uh, there's so many different, uh, what's that word I want to say? Um, definitions. Thank you. See, he knows me of the word know, and I can't tell you all of them, and, uh, but some of the definitions, and it's a great thing to study. There's so many verses on no. It's crazy. It's crazy. So to know the value or importance to the one who knows. Knowing suggests approval and means to be approved. Knowing him perfectly. To consciously be in the constant and progressive experience of knowing him. The experience of knowing him. Versus as you stand in no relation to me. It's a progressive experience. It's action. To cherish, to pay attention to. It's a special participation with the person being known. Participation in the truth. Versus an acquaintance. Versus some that there's a mental knowing. Ephesians um, 3 17 through 19 says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith or another version says, as you trust in him and that you being rooted and grounded in love. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly in all we ask or think, According to the power at work with us. So he, see, through this knowing, through this faith, through this trusting, and he's able to do more than what we can even ask or think. Sometimes we just put a limit. We don't want to do the further. We just want to do the comfortable. Okay, I'll have a relationship with you, God, but it's going to go right here. Sometimes our line is church on Sunday morning. I've been to church. That's my relationship. I got it. Okay, sometimes a relationship just goes as far as spending a few minutes a day conversing with them. I had my 10 minutes. Oh, sorry, CJ, I can't talk to you anymore because we already had our time. So you'll have to wait till tomorrow and hopefully I won't forget. Right? Well, I'll spend time with you, God, as long as everything's going my way and I feel like it. That whole feeling thing really gets in the way of relationship. <laughs> One example 
This is with family. You just have a picture of my family. And man, there's times I don't want to do nothing. Just be honest, okay? I know you think I'm perfect and I do everything great and wonderful. Usually I do. Just kidding. But there's times I don't feel like feeding my children. I don't want to cook. I don't want to clean. I don't feel like it. I'd rather do something else. I really don't feel like just pick whatever it is in your house. I don't feel like going to work. I really don't feel like being a parent right now and doing this home, this project with my son or daughter. I don't feel like it. So therefore I don't. But when we become mature in our relationships, we understand it's not if I feel like it or not, it's what's necessary. It's out of our love that we're willing to do. It's out of relationship that we do. Because I'm going to tell you, you're never going to fully put your trust in God if you don't know him. So I do things out of love and necessity and I know I'll benefit. If my kids go to bed with full tummies, I am going to benefit. If my husband, we have an agreement where I am doing laundry, I am feeding him, I'm whatever our agreement is. If I'm doing things that's necessary for the building of our relationship, I benefit. So I do things not because I have to, and it's the law, but rather I know the benefits of it. Hence our relationship with the Lord. It's not because all of a sudden, if you don't do this, I'm going to whack you over the head. (laughs) You're going to have a flat tire because you didn't spend time with me. That breaks my heart. I've heard people say that. Well, you know why I'm having a bad day? I didn't read the word. Oh, wow. The cross is so much more powerful than that. He's not looking for ways to get you. It's out of relationship. Like, you know, Lord, I want to love you with everything in my being. And I don't feel like it. But I'm going to anyways. What does that look like? And so you read his word so you can know him more. Not because he's going to punish you if you don't. And it's out of this huge invitation that we do things and we open up. And we say, God, I'm pulling close to you. It doesn't matter what I feel like doing at the time. I'm going to do this anyways because I know it's beneficial. It's going to benefit me. Sometimes we just love control. Because if we feel like if we have control, then everything is going to be wonderful. And so many times that comes from a place of not trusting. I will love you as long as I can control you. And we see how God has cut that off at the cross. He's wanting us to move forward to him because out of love and I need you. Oh God, I just want you in my life. I want to know you more. I want to take adventures and experiences with you. I want to, I want to grow with you. How do you do that? And so I came through a season of my life when it was the next season to grow deeper. 
And I was crying out to the Lord because he took my box of religion out. My to-do list. This is how I know Jesus. I'm going to do this. 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 And if I cross all my check marks off, I'm knowing God. And he took me out of that for a season saying, there's no more box. And every time I try to do something in the box, it would get interrupted. Going to read my chapter. Someone's in a fight. (sighs) I'm going to wake up early. Oh, the kids are up early. Okay. You know, kids know when you're awake, they have that sixth sense sometimes. Not sick sense, six, like number six. (laughs) You feel sick like, oh, and I'm not a morning person. That's not me. I know David said, early in the morning will I rise up to meet you. I'm not David, okay? I'm not. I'm thankful for that, that example, but I'm just not David. And boy, I just, that's just not my time. I wake up and I go, just, just let me wake up. My kids all knew and still know. I'm not awake yet, please, less words. Less words, please. So I had to find my own time and I had to bring him with me. Wow. I read a verse today and it it was so good. And when you get in God's word and you start reading it, it just tastes good. Have you ever just read something in his word? You're like, Oh, that was so good. Cause you're eating it and you're being healthy and you're like, Oh, you don't want to be a starving Christian, but it's not because you have to. Or you're going to be punished. It's because I want to. How do I draw close to you? CJ and I, we, we have different ways that we get close to one another. I want to sit down and have coffee with him and just look across at him and just, how are you doing? So how are you feeling today? So what's happening? Oh, how did that person make you feel? Oh, and I feel so connected. And he's like, yeah, Cornell's laughing because he knows that ain't CJ. Like, I don't know what I'm feeling, you know. Those, those are weird. He, CJ's like, hey, come with me and we're going to go drive 20 miles, you know. I'm like, we're sitting. We're, we're, why is this important to you? And it, but it feeds him for whatever reason. I'm a, I don't understand. It feeds him. So I do it not because it's my thing to do, but because he likes it. Sometimes he just wants me next to him without talking. Don't get that. And just me being next to him or sitting next to him, watching a game or whatever we're doing. Oh, honey, watch this play. Look at me, rewind it. And I'm like, okay. Oh, that's a great play. Yay, that was great. (laughs) Because it feeds him. See, this relationship thing with the Lord, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. It's like, what, what's feeding him? And we want to move closer. And you know what? He's interested in what feeds you. Some of my quiet times, I'm going to, you want to get that for me, hon? And I'll get, and throw me my coat. This is how my, some of my quiet times started out. And don't laugh. I know people who do this, okay? Just kidding. You can laugh. I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm not going to punish you. It is so quiet. Can we just laugh like a faith laugh? Ha, 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 Thank you. Right here. That's fine. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay. So some of my quiet times, we have a heater. 
And in the winter, literally, this is my quiet time sometimes. I'm cold, and the kids are away or doing something, and I'm like this. And all the heat is coming to me. Okay, Lord, I don't know what to do. What are you wanting to say? I don't know. I'm cold. Help me. And you think, oh my goodness, Lisa, so, so, ah! sorry. Judgment. God is getting me back. So teasing. Okay. But through my times and just quieting myself and for me, it's just getting comfy cozy and quiet a place where I can quiet myself. And he says, and I'm like, and there's times I come like, I don't know what to do. I, I know what I'm supposed to do, but what, I don't know. Like, do you ever know what you're supposed to do, but you just don't want to do and you just get stuck? I know it sounds crazy. It's okay. I'm crazy sometimes. And I hear him say things like, so what do you want to do? If you could do anything, what would you do? If you could do anything, right? And, I'm, and I think, and one time I was, and these are actual conversations. I'm like, you know, I do like cooking. He's like, well, what do you want to do? Let's cook. Let's cook something. Is this on? Okay. And then he gave, started giving me ideas. Let's make one new recipe a month or every two weeks. Like a certain, and I'd be like, really? Okay. And so I'd, I'd get all the ingredients together and I'd make this recipe and you think, oh, that's just you. No, I, I'm doing something with the Lord. He's giving me something to do with him. And I learned, I learned, I had fun in the journey. It was like, this is so cool. This is fun. That's not God. God's not fun. Don't do anything you like. He doesn't want you to do anything you like. It has to be boring. Well, I guarantee you, my husband and I do things that are fun all the time. And it's called relationship. We don't just sit at home and be bored and do the marriage thing. No, we take adventures. We take risks. And the more I go on the journey with him, the more I get to know my husband. And the more awesome it is. And it's the same with the Lord. The more you're journeying, journeying with him, the more you get to know him and the more you see his heart and how he so loves you and he is so for you. And he is interested in the things that excite you. I have, I have four horses that he gave to me. Start with one and then just multiplication, kind of. Because I, I, I journeyed out with him. He gave me this wonderful horse that wasn't quite all the way trained. Okay, she wasn't at all, except for I could lead her a little bit. And he was like, let's train her. Let's do this together. And so he'd bring people in my life to help me get through that journey. And I did it and I'd go, I'd get up to go on her and I'm like, I'm so terrified to get on this horse because I do not know what it's going to do. She's the biggest horse I have owned. She's not huge. She's 15 hands, which means her back comes to right here on me. 
but she's a good, she's a good size girl. And I would be like, oh, okay. And I would just play a worship song and say, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. And I'd get on her. And he would just, he would lead me through. He'd say, well, do this. Don't do this. Let's go here. Oh, it's a, you can trust me. It was just a complete trusting. And I took that journey with the Lord. There's so many things that God's calling you to do. There's so many adventures he wants you to take. And he wants you to know him more. He wants you to know him more. Colossians 2.2. Here Paul is saying... I do. I did too, too, right? Yeah. Paul is saying, talking about the church, he said, that their hearts may be encouraged, have being knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in true knowledge of God's mystery, true knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ himself, the true knowing of Jesus. That their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love. Resulting in knowing a true knowledge of God's mystery, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Like the more we go, the more we journey, the more we love, it's all for knowing this mystery God's mystery of Jesus and knowing him well. This is eternal life that you may know. Right? We just read it a little bit ago. This is life. He's come to give you life. A lot of times with our relationship and our journey, we rely on past experiences for today's solution. If I looked, CJ and I were youth pastors 20 plus years ago, over that, but 26, seven years ago. And if I looked at that time, that season where I knew Jesus and how I knew, knew Jesus at that time, And if I took that and I was able to minister to the teenagers today with that same knowledge, you guys would not be impressed. (laughs) Because it's kind of like taking bread that's been sitting and old and gotten moldy and nasty and yucky and you want to feed it to somebody for today. We think once we've known God, like, okay, I, I, was, I used to be at this place. I used to be at this beautiful place where I was so close to the Lord and I knew him. And we think if I could just get back to that place, that'd be good. And I'm saying, no, you wouldn't. Because God's always moving you forward. And that's not his will for you to be back there anymore. It says that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth, the heart, the mouth of God. That rhema word, it's that now word. Like, here's fresh bread, eat this today. And the Lord's Prayer, it says, give us today our daily bread. 
What's he giving you today? Don't serve him from a place you used to serve him yesterday, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You're not going backwards, you're going forwards. If I treated my husband today how I treated him 26 years ago, he'd say, honey, we've got a problem. But we need to know him in the today. We need to know him in the now experience, in the now moment. We can't minister out of a place that's old. If I were to say, well, I used to be married. I'm not. I mean, we're still married. But just coming from a place of even used to be. Well, I used to. I used to know this. Oh, I used to have kids at home. Oh, I used to. You can't apply that to your now relationship with the Lord. It doesn't work. You get there with the been there, done that attitude. When he's wanting to bring you in the now, what's he saying to you now? How's he moving you today? It's today that's moving his heart. It's going on the journey. I know CJ has talked a lot about hospitality, getting to know people. We've talked about healing, reaching out, praying for one another. We've talked about I'm just thinking this past year, there's a lot of different things. Uh, pinpointing the lie in your life and living out of a place of truth instead of lie, instead of a lie. We've Different words that have come forth to this church and challenges. And we go, no, I'll just come to church Sunday morning. I'm good. I don't want to go in that water. It's scary. I don't want to know anyone different. I'm not going to be challenged because I like where I'm at. You know, I like, I like being at home every day, kind of. In your chair, your comfy place. I don't want to get up. I'm good. But I think I just said it. It's my comfy place. It's not necessarily where he's called you. He's calling us into deeper waters. He's calling us into new seasons of risk and adventure with him. He's calling us to maybe new giftings you didn't even realize were there. Things you've never even ventured out in. But the thing is, is you've got to take those adventures. You've got to step out. You can't just rely on Sunday morning or your nice cozy place in front of the heater. If this is my only relationship with the Lord, I wouldn't be up here right now. You know, last year, um, many of you know, I had a little accident on, say, a horse. (laughs) And I got thrown off. And it took me some time to heal. I'm just starting back up now. So it's been about, what, nine months, maybe-ish, let's say that. And I just started getting back on. And, of course, it's a different horse. It's my horse that I know is, she's sound. And I'm getting on her, and I'm, I'm nervous. And she's, wa- we're walking. Like, we're not even doing anything dangerous. I'm just walking. and She kind of trips a little bit, which horses do. 
I just freeze up like, oh, she tripped. Okay. And I hear the Holy Spirit said, she just tripped, Lisa. Okay. She just tripped. We're fine. Let's walk. And something else happens. And I tense up and I'm like, oh, she's, she doesn't have a care. She's like, whatever, you know, and she's like this trooper. And I'm learning to get back on and I'm learning to retrust, trust myself, trust the animal, trust the Lord. I'm relearning this stuff. I feel like there's a lot of us here who have been bucked off in life. Something happened. You're going down your nice cozy path and it threw you. And you just don't know if you can get back on again. And I'm saying you don't have to. Of course you don't. But don't let fear be your relationship. Don't partner with fear of the unknown. Because fear is going to rob you every time. And fear is not even a part of wisdom. Sometimes you look at things and go, well, this is scary. I don't like this. I don't want to do it. Because, well, I, I, it's, you think, oh, it's wisdom. No, it's fear. And we get those things confused. I don't want to do relationship. I'm scared. You're the children of Israel. They set Moses up on the mountain. Because they were going and there was rumbling. The mountains were shaking. And there was lightning. And it looked so scary. And they're like, Moses, you go. You go. And it wasn't God's intention for only Moses to go. He wanted everyone to come and know him. But you know what? It just looked scary. And sometimes life just looks scary. But when we trust, do we know him enough to trust and walk with him? Let's not confuse fear with relationship. We walk through that fear and the relationship gets stronger. So those experiences you've had in life, you've gotten bucked off. I have too. And it wasn't a bad thing. The horse wasn't being mean or evil. She was just playing and I just, oops. I thought, woohoo, this is fun. And then five seconds later, I'm like, no, this is not fun. And it comes up. You don't even expect it and something in life just pops up. Like those potholes. I shared about that illustration. Driving with my daughter and we hit this pothole. Bam! Which I'm notorious for doing, I hear. Came out of nowhere. I was looking at the road. My lights were on. I don't know where this hole came from. I just hit it. And then I turned around and I hit it again. What? But my lights were on and I was paying attention. And that's what life happens. That's what happens. It's not your fault. And God's not punishing you or trying to get anything to you. He wants you to draw closer and come through the fear. Even through the potholes, even through the oopses of life. Draw close to me. There's adventures he's want you to take. It's through the adventures. 
a lot of times our adventures, we look, I kind of mentioned this a second ago, but we look to our past or we look at something that we're really strong in. And we think, well, I can do this. So that means that's what I get to do every time. Like, that would be so boring. Okay, the only time CJ and I are going to have this conversation is if we sit at the table and have coffee. You know, that would be so boring. Wouldn't it be boring? Just think about your marriages or pretend like you're married. Think about your friendships. If the only time that you guys would connect with somebody is the exact same time, you say the exact same thing, would that be boring? Yeah. No excitement in that. So what's he wanting to do in you? What's the new thing that he's calling you to do? The parable of the talents, it's in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Just going to kind of reference this real, real quick. <clears throat> I feel like I'm supposed to just read it. And um, let me get to it real quick. And I think it's so, so interesting. He gave this to me a while ago. So he's talking about a man who goes on a journey, who called the servants and entrusted them to them his property. And to one he gave five talents, to another one he gave two, another one he gave, gave one. Just to, according to their ability, he just gave them these talents. In the parable, it's like money. It was money, but. And so the first one who received the five talents, he went away and he traded them and he made more. And the second one went away and he made two more talents more. And, but the, the, the other one who just received one, he went and he dug it in the ground and he hid it. I'm telling you this because God's deposited in something in each and every one of you. There's something hidden in each and every one of you he's given you. After a long time, the master came back and he went to settle the accounts and went to the one who had the five and he was like, look what I did. Look what I did with what you gave me. And the master said, good job. You're so faithful. You're awesome. I'm going to give you more. Here you go. Went to the second one and just gave the two. Master, look what I did with my talents. And he's like, yay, he's celebrating. Good job. I'm going to give you more. Goes to the other one. And he's like, well, I kind of knew you like you were a hard man. <laughs> and so I just kind of dug a hole and buried it. And the master he was, he's like, I got afraid. <laughs> he let fear in. I was afraid, so I just dug a, gra- dug a hole in the ground and hid it. And here, I'll, I'll give you back. Here it is. And his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. Like, yipe, 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 yipe. He rebuked him. said, what? And here's my thing. God has deposited such a great thing in every one of you. If you are a child of God today, if you are 
going on this journey of knowing him and knowing him well. He's giving you something very precious. And it's too easy to sit at home on our behinds and do the things that we love to do that make us feel good and comfortable. Don't sit on the things that God's given you. And you know, everything that he's given you, your talents, doesn't mean they're going to happen here on Sunday morning. You know, eternal life is Monday through Saturday. It's not just on Sunday morning. It's the knowing him. It's the process. We serve him regardless of how we're feeling. And that could be abundance or a lack. I don't look at my feelings and say, do I feel like it? I say, no, this is beneficial. I need this. And it's hard. It's the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do, but it's necessary. It's your journey with your God. It's your love relationship. And I want to invite you to go after him. Search out the new. Search out what he's calling you to. He's got so much for you. He's got so much for us. And relationship is stepping out on those journeys and doing that. Something starts to happen when you begin to know this God you serve. (laughs) You start loving yourself. You start going, oh, wow, he's interested in me. He loves me. Like, what? Does he really feel that way toward me? One time I was um, doing so, I was taking a shower and I did some big project. I don't remember what it was. And I heard the, the, the Lord say, I am so proud of you. Is that God? Like, I, I just kind of jumped like and he's like you know why is it if I tell you something good about yourself you question me but if you were to hear a voice and saying oh you're such a screw up you're a mess up you never get anything right you're so dumb you think oh I heard God we get things so backwards we think he's always in a constant state of rebuking us and he's not I don't grow as an individual because my husband comes home and chews me out every day. And I'm going to dare say that you won't either. That's not relationship. Relationship is saying, even when I cooked a meal that I don't think is very loving or really yummy. And my husband coming home and saying, well, you know, I, I liked the meat in it. It was, that was really good. He doesn't come home and take the meal and throw it in the trash and say, that's the most disgusting thing I ever had, woman. Get it right next time. Okay, husbands, if you do that, we have this thing called love and respect. I think you can still sign up. And I would probably suggest that it's really important for you to know Jesus, okay? Just going to put that out there. No, it's through what he calls us to. It's the words he uses. 
you look awesome today. You're so good. I've heard him say, I've heard him say, you know, I trust you in this area. Wow. You trust me in this area. Sometimes we don't hear those because we'll never let ourselves think them. We'll shut them off. I mean, you see that when you try to give someone a compliment, man, you look beautiful, whatever. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't do that. If you've ever heard me compliment you, no, you look beautiful. Okay. No, 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 no. You look beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Wasn't that better? Allow the Lord to compliment you. Allow him to say good things to you. Say good things over yourself. I remember we went to this conference one time, and it was a big Holy Spirit type of a conference. What I mean, like, it was laughing and celebrating and stuff. And we're in this line, and we're getting prayer, and a bunch of people were praying for me. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Going in this line. Other people came up. and like, oh, thank you, Lord. They're saying nice things about, you know, over me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's nice. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> One of the leaders came up. He grabbed my hand, and he, as he's placing it on my head, he said, why don't you just bless yourself? And he did this, and I hit the floor. Bam! And I couldn't stop laughing. And at first, when I told CJ, he's like, don't tell anyone that. Like, shh. Oh, don't tell anyone that. Because <laughs> at the time, it sounded so absurd. <laughs> that was many years ago. And when I think about that, I'm like, wow. I used to be so negative over myself. I used to be my worst critic. Because of that, I was probably your worst critic. Because I'm not going to think something about you if I can't think something good about me. And we get so stuck on everybody else when really the person who we're stuck with is ourselves. We can't move on because we're scared of people judging us when actually it's us who's judging ourselves. And I had to understand like, you know, I am good. I am a good mom. I am a good wife. I am a good daughter of the king. I do love the Lord. I had to stop looking at all the horrible things that I magnify in my life and looked at the things that he saw. Now, I'm not saying it's an excuse for sin. Because I'm saying if you're still struggling and wrestling with sin, there's a part of Jesus you don't know yet. When we want to stay in sin, it's because we don't understand what we're freed from. We don't understand the purchase on the cross and that sin is no longer identity, our identity. It's no longer who I am. And if you know the Lord, it's no longer who you are. And so with our, we get stuck on our sin. A lot of our relationship is stuck in our brain. It's all up here. And when our relationships are just stuck in our head, it's a very sad place. 
I can say all day long, or we've met with people, oh, my relationship with my spouse is so good. Yeah, it's wonderful. Oh, yeah, we have no problems. And then we talk to the other one, and it's like, oh, we need Jesus. Because there's this place sometimes that we go in our head that we pretend if we think everything's perfect enough, it's going to be. But when we know who we are and how much we're loved and we allow ourselves to think good things about us and believe the things that Jesus says about us and everything that God is saying and how much he loves us, then there's a place of freedom there. And he wants us to get to that freedom. That knowing. Religion is when you have to. Love is because you get to. You know, it's so... Talking about like our thought process or belief systems. It's funny how we can admire nature and how he's created it. You guys seen like sunsets and sunrises that are just so beautiful, so pretty. Like, whoa, isn't that awesome? We look at an animal. Oh, that is so God. We look at something, water, mountains, go to the ocean and knowing there's no land from here to who knows where, like just the awesomeness of it. And we get so in awe about that awesomeness. And they are beautiful. And they are so distinct and have a beauty about them that man had actually nothing to do with. Man did not create the ocean or the mountains or the sunrise or the sunset. But the one creation that was his speciality, the one thing, the one creation he specialized in is you. He put his breath in you. That's how special he saw. We are his most treasured creation. With all the rest of creation, he just spoke a word and it was done. Let there be light. Let there be darkness. Let this happen. Let that. But with you, he actually breathed in you. Isn't that an awesome thought? That you're God's breath? I love that. We're going to take a few minutes. Would you guys stand? We're talking about relationship. We're talking about knowing him more. We're talking about entering to something deeper, something that's in over your head. Something that we're not really, we're not going to comprehend or understand it because it's so big. And he loves you so much. He's like, I want you to come deeper still, deeper still. I'm not finished with you yet. And not, not just that I'm not finished with you. You don't even know what I've even begun in you. 
That there's even new things that you haven't even realized that he wants you to do. And I want you just to take some time just to connect your heart with his. Let him tell you something good. Because he wants to. Let him tell you how much he loves you. And if you're partnering with the accuser of the brethren, which is the devil, it's just that. He's an accusing thoughts. And if you've never entered into this relationship before, ask him. If you need to start over again, ask him. So many times I've come back and I'm like, okay, Lord, can I be born again again? Because I just really don't feel, feel it right now. So here I come back to you, and I'm starting again. And yes, you, Jesus, you're my Savior. I believed that God raised you from the dead. And I, I'm changing my ways for your ways. And, and I, just, I just love you. Like, I just, I've, I've done that before just because, Lord, can we just push the reset button? I feel like I've screwed it all up. I want to invite you to do that. I'm not going to invite you forward. Just because that's, I can't do it for you. I can't make you know him. But you know him. Ask him questions. Tell him you love him. Lay your life down again for him. Surrender your all again to him. And we're just going to take a few minutes and just, just dwell on his goodness. You can go turn the music up. Just take some time. I'm just going to pray over you right now. And I just thank you that, Lord, for some of us, it's the first time that, we reconnect, that we're reconnecting again with you. And I just thank you that we choose to reconnect with you. And I just even release the same blessing on this body that you released on me. And I say, bless yourself in Jesus' name that you would release blessing over yourself and in your relationship and knowing him more in Jesus' name. That you would release the mindsets that are captivate us, Father. That fear would not be our relationship with you, God. But we would press through fear and know you. And that we choose you, Lord. We choose to know you. We choose to go deeper. We choose not to stay in the same place that we have. And we choose not to have this relationship that we had with you years and years ago. Like we choose to move into the now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Will you guys go and be blessed? If you do have any prayer requests, you can come up front.